can be. Oh no. Oh, I Bama today has had their top two freshmen from this past year. They're both five star like starters since day one. Have both hit the portal today. Oh no. One of them was the national freshman of the year, a safety who is even to just add the cherry on the cake is probably going to Georgia now. <laughs> of course he is. I mean, you know, his dad put out a van. His dad was like, you know, it's nothing It's nothing personal against Alabama. It's just, you know, he came here to play for Coach Saban. He came here to play for this defensive staff. And literally the entire staff is gone now. That's Yeah, that's true. So, you know, sorry. I've, I've, it sucks to an extent, but we're gone from the day where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm – you know, the big guys, at least, where you're committing to the school. I mean, you're co- you're basically now you commit to coaching staffs mm-hmm. and to an extent like NIL deals. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, you know I mean, we're oh. we're kind of long gone from the days. It's like, uh, you know, oh, I'm Johnny football star and my daddy grew up being an Arkansas Razorback fan and. By God, I'm going to play for the Hogs because this is my dream. And oh, Nick Saban. Oh, Bama's offering me a million bucks. Um, oh, oh no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> but boy, you grew up wanting to be a Hog. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, it's like now God. I want to go to the NFL. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those those days are kind of gone, and it's it's been kind of funny watching the Bama Twitter meltdown today because now suddenly you know now Bama has benefited as much as anyone from the transfer portal the last few years. Oh, of course. I mean, you know, I mean they've gotten kids from Georgia. They got a running back. They got a top ten running back pick from Georgia Tech. I mean, they've gotten really good players out of the portal. But suddenly now, today, the portal's the most horrible, evil thing in football. It's destroying <laughs> the fabric of the sport. It's like, oh, hey, welcome to everybody else's reality, Bama. <laughs> oh man, they are gonna have they're gonna have a time readjusting to their new reality. Oh boy. Oh, they are. I think I think DeBoer's like a hell of a football coach. Mm-hmm. And you know he might he might be somebody who's like he's a really good coach and he can really do a program. I don't know if I don't know if anybody could walk into Bama right now and keep this thing running. Because I mean, you think about it, everybody's like, oh, well, you walk into this like loaded roster. It's like, yeah, but that roster's falling apart because those kids went to play for Saban. Yeah. Once again, they didn't go just because. Oh, I dreamed of playing for Alabama my whole life. I I feel like I feel like at this point it'd be like only two dudes, right? It'd be it'd be Kirby Smart and Jim Harbaugh. Like that'd be that'd yeah, be probably they, it. Neither of what you're going. Yeah. Exactly. Basically, Kirby Kirby's basically Saban Jr. I don't even know about Harbaugh. Harbaugh's a weirdo. Oh, oh yeah, Harbaugh's like oh, yeah, Harbaugh's true. like a special 
Harbaugh's like a really special taste for for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's like you either immediately love Jim Harbaugh or you're like, oh, <laughs> oh no, something off about this dude. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, I can't argue with the man's results at all, but it's kind of that's how guys seem to be with him. Is you're like, oh, I'm all in, or oh, this guy's a little <laughs> off putting. <laughs> So luckily for him, he's been, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, this is a dude, you know, Stanford, San Diego. I mean, and and really the reason he, the reason he lasted as long as he did at Michigan was because he was a freaking, you know, Michigan legend. True. Yeah. I mean, you look at those first six years he was at Michigan. If it had been Mm -hmm. anybody else who wasn't like Jim Harbaugh, legendary Michigan quarterback. Oh, he would have been gone. Oh yeah. He would have been so gone. So you know, he he bought he bought a lot of goodwill just by being himself. So, <laughs> so I, I really it, it's kind of like I saw somebody put. They were like, you know, if you're an Alabama player right now, if you're one of those like Alabama studs and you wanted to play for Saban and Saban's gone, why aren't mm-hmm. you calling Georgia right now? Because that's literally yeah. the only place that's close to being Bama. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. So anyway, roll tide. <laughs> roll damn tide. God, I can't wait to listen to Fine Bomb from today tomorrow. I got here. That's... I got here, Larry. Larry Larry sounded so sad the last few times I've heard him. <laughs> oh, He's Larry, just like, hey, Paul. Yeah, yeah, Paul. I don't know. I just, I don't know, Paul. I don't know. <laughs> They're going to need to do like daily check ins to make sure. Uh... Larry's, you know, still with us. The legend uh, said if they hired Dabo, he was going to go to the middle of Bryant in his stadium and shut himself on fire. So they didn't uh, hire Dabo, so that's good. <laughs> College football fans are very normal people. Especially wait, in wait, the wait. South. That's what I was about to say. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, SEC football Southern. fans are very normal people. <laughs> And in college news, apparently, I have not read this story, but it's just come down in the last hour. Apparently, the ACC has filed an injunction against Florida State <laughs> to what? keep them from, like, sabotaging the conference from the inside. What? Hey, everybody, oh, welcome yeah, to episode yeah, yeah. Eight, nine, 490 yeah. of the Foreign Affair Podcast. We'll get to soccer Woo! in a minute, but, you know, <laughs> things are happening. Uh, ACC injunction. Uh, let's see. Oh, this, this is the athletic. Hey, we're pinning the athletic. Oh, early. It's, like, right, it's like right at the beginning of the athletics. So. 37 minutes ago by Stuart Mandel. The ACC is seeking an injunction. You know, what, guys, there's five games this week. We'll, it'll be fine. The ACC is seeking an injunction yeah, against Florida State barring the school from participating in the conference's affairs due to, oh my God, due to FSU's ongoing attempt to withdraw from the ACC. Wait, so does that mean like they they can't like they can't play a conference schedule. No, like, I think it's more like bo- I kind of took it as more like boardroom stuff. In the conferences affairs, what does that mean? I, I figure that's like you know conference meetings and like trying to make policy and stuff like that. So that would be kind of like and they guess, play basketball tonight. So they play Miami and basketball tonight. So. so what I'm then taking this to be is what Oregon state and Washington state did in the PAC 12 when they became the last two teams is they 
they basically sued to become like the 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 only members of the board so that the right. other teams couldn't like take the money around. Okay. So right, well that right. that lawsuit held up. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, so Washington, yeah. So like Oregon and USC and UCLA couldn't be like, oh, well, we vote to give us all the money. Yep. Fuck you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically this is just like the opposite where it's like Oh, They're all blocking no. one team. This is magnificent. Florida oh. State has been in meltdown mode for like six weeks now. And this oh. is just getting better. Put the it ACC, in my veins. The ACC counters that Florida State voluntarily entered into the agreement and has in fact benefited from it. Yeah, I'd say so. Claiming distributions from the ACC more than doubled over the past nine years. That would be... That would be, I, I guess, because of inflation, I guess. Uh, well, now the league's because um, they've been incentivizing, they've been like trying to incentivize like Florida State and Clemson. And yeah, I guess that's true. You know, yeah, there's a lot to that. Now the league claims FSU has breached the grant of rights by contesting its validity and enforceability. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. Oh, my God. The conference has been damaged by these breaches in an amount yet to be determined, but which the conference reasonably believes will be substantial. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, oh, this is great. Oh. Yeah, oh. oh my god. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Soccer, we love you. And there's soccer to talk about, but man, you know, college football, you know, for years they've been like, oh, you know, college football's got to figure out a way. You know, the NFL is year round. Da, 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 da. <laughs> college football, they can't compete. They can't keep me on it. <laughs> well, by, by by completely changing everything about the sport, basically, they have found a way to keep the audience interested because now it is basically this is like going to disco demolition at Comiskey in the 70s. <laughs> it's like you literally don't know what's going to happen next. Oh, shit. Somebody has a flaming baseball bat. Oh, oh yeah, that's that's the ACC. That's Florida State trying to bust everything to hell. Oh, yeah. my God. This, this is amazing. amazing. All they've got to do is keep this up for two months, and hey, then it's spring games. You've, you've kept the media narrative going. Oh, just think, yeah, it's almost, our, it's almost one of our favorite times of the year. It's almost baseball season. Oh, that's true. I actually, um, uh, UVA put out a video today, uh, UVA's baseball uh-huh. thing, uh, that today was the first day and i guess it's true for every every school today was the first day coaches could officially get back to officially working with players so well the uh, d1 baseball dropped their preseason poll this week i did see that i i was because it was like uh-huh. it's like virginia carolina state east carolina and there's Duke. one Duke's two are like five in a row yeah. in like 11 yeah. through 15 yeah, yeah. It's 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 beautiful. It's gonna be. A, I think we're gonna have a a killer season coming up. The parents are up there mm-hmm. again. That's this is me. Let me. Oh let me, man. Because yeah, I saw like Wake. Let me. Let me I, I'm gonna pull it. Yeah, up Wake's here. Wake's number one. Yeah, Wake's number one. Uh, wait, where, where, wait, just give me your, just give me your rankings, D1 baseball. I don't, I don't want to pay for anything. I just want, I just want your, your ranking. Give me a ranking, guys. 
Give me a ring, ding, 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 ding. Wait, where, where is your ring? <laughs> okay, here it is, all the way at the bottom here. Uh, I saw Wait. it on the Facebook, so. No, this, okay, so they haven't even updated the one on their own website yet. Guys. Give me a second, I'll, I'll find it, uh, ECU, ECU's Facebook that I'll put it in. Oh, okay. I just found it. ECU <laughs> baseball. <laughs> Uh, Here we go. Okay, D1 best ball rankings. Number one, Wake Forest. Number two, Florida. Number three, Arkansas. Number four, LSU. Number five, TCU. Uh, SEC. Uh, oh, oh, the Pac, whatever. Oregon State, seven. A&M, Tennessee. All right. Uh, here you go. Starting at 11, East Carolina, 11. Duke, 12. NC State, 13. Virginia, 14. North Carolina, 15. Um, so if you include the state of South Carolina, God, Jesus, there's more in there. Okay. Carolina schools, uh, Lake Forest, that's one. Uh, mm-hmm. Clemson is two, East Carolina three, Duke four, State five. We'll throw Virginia in here too. Virginia six, North Carolina, that's seven. Coastal Carolina, that's eight. South Carolina, nine teams from our little three-state range here. Nine of the top 25. Pretty good. That's uh, that's pretty freaking nasty. So uh, I, 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 for one, look forward to watching Clemson utterly underachieve. Like they <laughs> Everyone else on that list, I can't argue with Clemson. Clemson's winning like thirty-one games. <laughs> Paul, why did we ever get rid of Jack Leggett? Ow, oh, he won stuff. Oh, you know. You know they don't care about baseball I until, know, until, I it's, know. until there's six SEC teams in the college world series. Oh God, could I be could I be the first Paul Feinbaum caller to call in about college baseball? No, don't try to talk about it. He's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> damn it, Paul, take me seriously. My sport matters. Damn it. So, uh, Nick Saban did it. Uh, 18 holes, and, and apparently he took a crap halfway through it. <laughs> I scooped that crap, and it is now being bronze, and it is above my baby's bed. <laughs> Paul, I want to talk about Richard Nixon some more. Oh, I'm going to talk about Richard Nixon, Bear Bryant, and Nick Saban. I don't really care about none of your baseball fruit fairness. <sighs> oh my god it's great good times good times good times greatest Too much fun welcome oh. everyone to the afford affair podcast i'm edward green joined as always by my calling crime west bradshaw and uh if you stuck around for these first 15 minutes congratulations we're gonna start the podcast now this is episode 490 uh we do have an abridged uh premier league recap to do uh 10 teams played this past weekend so we'll get to that uh there were also fa cup replays so we have the next round of fa cup locked in uh there was actually some big news uh coming out especially this past monday um so we'll be getting to that in the news and notes section we'll pimp the athletic hit the watch for and call it a pod so with that let's get started uh again only five matches to talk about this week uh next week we'll have uh i believe 15 or 13 i think um so here we go just the five for this week 
Um, Burnley and Luton played to a 1-1 draw after Carlton Morris's 92nd minute equalizer that got J.J. Watt temporarily uh, banned from Twitter uh, for posting <laughs> Premier League media because as now the part owner of Burnley, nothing, he, was, uh, he was a little bit incensed about uh, no fouls being called on the play on Luton uh, as Luton was able to equalize. Uh, and uh, yeah, the Premier League doesn't like when you when you post uh, just phone video of their match on Twitter. Crazy oh. how that works. JJ, uh, but, you got to learn the only time that it matters when they're wrong is when the PGMOL is uh, is issuing the uh, mm-hmm. apologies. Yes. <laughs> Other than that, they're never wrong. No, never. Um, so it did end 1-1 there. A very important point for both teams, that both teams do still sit in relegation. Um, although, who knows for how long. Uh, Chelsea do beat Fulham uh, 1-0. Cole Palmer's 45th minute stoppage time penalty was the difference in this one after Raheem Sterling definitely, absolutely, for sure got fouled in the box. There was There was absolutely contact, we promise. Uh, Chelsea gets the win there. Um, the match that made everyone go, oh, shit, it's happening again. Oh, no, not. No, it's already started. Fuck, 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 fuck. Uh, Manchester City comes from behind multiple times to beat or sorry, just come from behind uh, once to beat Newcastle three to Kevin De Bruyne back from injury, already scoring in the 74th minute and then assisted for the match winner to Oscar Sideshow Bob, the new 21 or 20 year old rookie for Manchester City, gets his first Premier League goal to win the match for City. Five amazing goals. Unfortunately, three of them went to City, and this may be the arc of City returning to the top of the Premier League starting. Uh, um, the, the most terrifying thing anyone can think of uh, is Kevin De Bruyne on the field and with something to prove. So. And with that haircut, um, Everton oh, and Villa nice. played to a nil-nil draw. Uh, this was probably the best thing that happened to Everton this week. Uh, and then finally, uh, our final match, uh, Manchester United to Tottenham to uh, Tottenham coming from down a goal twice in the match to take a point at Old Trafford. And I believe I saw for the first time in... 10 years or more, maybe, uh, that they uh, did not suffer a de- Premier League defeat to Manchester United in the season. Uh, of course, they won earlier in the season at home and have now drawn on the road. Uh, it seemed like it was doomed, uh, a typical Spurs doom game, uh, when not only did they bring everybody back from injury, Van de Ven came back, Romero came back, and you're like, you know, the new signings have come in and you're like, there's too many good vibes around Tottenham right now. And then Rasmus Hoyland and Marcus Rashford actually scored goals. And you're like, nope, this is this is a typical Tottenham performance. But they came back both times. Richarlison, who has now scored seven uh, goals in seven matches and Benton core coming back from his own injury, getting the uh, match equalizer 50 seconds into the second half. Um, proving that, you know, this was, this is a weird one, you know, as we start kind of getting our thoughts on the week that was Wes, this is a weird one for Tottenham. You know, this was a, a match that by all rights, they should win. Um, if you just think about current form and, and with Spurs getting, you know, people healthy again on defense with Van de Ven and Romero getting back to being those, those two center back pillars that they were the first 10 matches of the season. 
you know, they bring in Timo Werner, uh, they bring in Radu Dragasen, um, and and yet it's it, it just feels like the way the match was going, this was a match Tottenham could have lost very easily. So it's weird. We're like a point is both bad because Spurs should be better, but also good because this is a trap game that Spurs would normally have lost. So it's, it's a weird balancing act of how to feel after this one. Uh, Certainly, obviously two points lost in the race for top four, but overall, I think Spurs after the hectic period, that was the holiday crucible uh, now getting their little week off break that we're in the middle of here. Not, not a bad result, not great, but not a bad result. No, no, no. Um, you know, I think going into it, you kind of get in your mind, oh, United are crap. You know, we'll, we'll beat United, we'll beat United. Uh, you still got to think, yes, Spurs are getting some guys back. You're still missing, though. Honestly, at this point, you're still missing your most important piece, and that's uh, Hungman Son, who mm-hmm. is off at the Asian Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's that's definitely – that's definitely a miss at this point. Uh, you, you think maybe if he's there, he gives you a, a moment of inspiration that gets something done special for the club. Um, Spurs are still a little on the inconsistent side as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen Spurs play. Excuse me. Uh, we've seen them play extremely well. We have seen them look like utter shite and sometimes you just get one of those matches where you know Spurs can be flying high and all of a sudden it's just it didn't come crashing down but it was like they weren't quite uh, uh, ascending the heights that they have been recently mm. that's it that's it um, a hallmark of that in the past is you know Spurs as you said Spurs lose that match they did not lose that match they 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 got a draw. They got a hard fault draw. Um, you know, it's one of those things they say in football. It's like, oh my god, you know, the other team scored a special teams touchdown and a defensive touchdown. You know, usually you pull that off, you're going to win. Well, when Rasmus Hoyland is actually scoring a goal, that's pretty much <laughs> the equivalent of a special yeah. teams. <laughs> oh man, I hope that doesn't bite me in the ass in like 18 months. But. Um, <laughs> You know, and then Rashford, who has had a pretty down season by his standards, he gets the other goal. And you're thinking, oh, this just this is going to be a shit day for Spurs. And they claw back and, you know, they get the equalizer. And that's huge. That's huge, man. At this point, with this league the way it is this year, when you have a match where you don't play your best, if you can still get a point from it, take the point. And just be like, thank you, football gods. We will uh, we'll see you next week or yeah. after the break. We'll see you after the break. Uh, good enough. Thanks. We'll take it. So um, I, I wouldn't be too upset if I were a Spurs fan than this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I do want to note, though, um, is and we can we can, this can be a little bit about the United side. They talked a little bit about this uh, during the uh, the NBC Sports uh, desk <laughs> segments. Um, 64% possession for Tottenham Hotspur at Old Trafford. Um, and they brought up, you know, I think one of the interviewers, uh, after the match talking to Eric Ten Hag, basically trying to get him to say, 
So you're you're a you're a counterattack team now. You're uh, you're a <laughs> back, and, and he just he wouldn't do it. But it's like no. the dude clearly wants to play this way now, and like that's fine. But like, and you know, we talked about it the last couple of years for Spurs. You know, being under Antonio Conte, being under Josie Mourinho, like that's a lot of how they played. And and it seems like over the last maybe I don't know decade or so, counterattacking football has gotten a really bad rap and has become almost sort of, you know, a, a slanderous, you know, take right, on some right. the team now. And so it, it, Ten Hawk's been put in this weird position, Wes, where it's like he clearly wants to do this, but because it's in air quotes, Manchester United, and especially mm -hmm. at Old Trafford, they can't yep. do that. So it's he I don't want to say I feel bad for Eric Ten Hawk because I know. No, but I, I don't envy the position he's in where he clearly wants to play this style of football, clearly against a team that by all rights on paper, I, I'm sorry, United fans, Spurs are better than United right now. I think that's what he wants to play, but he can't just come out and say that. That sort of sucks, Wes. Yeah. Well, I, so here's the thing. I, I don't think if, if Tim Hogg absolutely had his way about things, Mm -hmm. I don't think he wants to play counterattacking football, but with the squad he has, yes. he yes. has to play counterattacking football. And yes. I think he understands that because he doesn't have playmaker. He doesn't have enough playmakers and guys who can transfer the ball from the back to the middle, to the front and find those incisive passes. He doesn't have those guys. So he has to play counterattacking football. But, you know, Ten Hag came in. He was one of those, uh, you know, European mainland managers who, I mean, he cut his teeth at Ajax with having the ball for a big percentage of the time. Mm. So for him, it, it is. And I mean, these guys take things differently. You know, fans, I think fans at the end of the day, the most important thing to fans is all oh, going to win the match. Mm -hmm. I think managers kind of have that, um, that ego about them where, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, especially at a big club, at a bigger club, we'll say. At the mm -hmm. end of the day, yeah, you know, uh, winning the match is the most important thing. But boy, we want to play our we want to play our way. We want to impose our will. We right. want to do our thing. And part of that for United, United are stuck in this weird spot where, unfortunately for them, their two biggest rivals also play the best football in the country. Mm -hmm. and, and that's just another thing that. City fans and Liverpool fans kind of lord over United fans is like, <laughs> yeah, we're better than you. Oh, and we play an attractive brand of football. Enjoy your counterattacking style, <laughs> you know, the hoofers. Um, so it, it's just like it's just something else with like the 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 mentality right now at United is oh, we don't want to do this because, oh, Liverpool and City, they're winning, like, every week, and they look great doing it. Oh, and they're – you get this sublime play from De Bruyne and and uh, and from McAllister and Trent Arnold and, you know, um, Erling Holland, and we're sitting over here trying to play counter against, against as Sir Alex would say, little old Spurs, <laughs> just Spurs. Um, so for United, it is kind of an, an honor thing and an ego thing, but the problem is United, I mean, let's be real. What are United right now? They're an upper mid table team. 
Mm-hmm. They're not challenging at the top. And you know, that's it. That, United are a little deceiving when you when you actually look at the point total this season. Um, because, you know, the way everybody talks about them, you think United were Chelsea. Yeah, that's true. And, and they're not. But at the same time, they are not on that same level right now with and unfortunately once again it's the teams that they want to be there with and by the way as i look at the table excuse me yeah chelsea's only point one point behind united so yeah. <laughs> and they have a they have a a much better goal differential so mm-hmm. maybe are just shit but um <laughs> but you know, not only that it's it's these teams that united hold themselves up against um that are just heads and shoulders above them in, yeah. in not only the table, but also style of play. And I think that really, really bothers them. And I enjoy that. So. Of course. Um, and I think one thing that's interesting is, you know, just how things change. You know, I think it was maybe even, you know, maybe two months ago. Uh, if we went back and looked at the table at that time, that was when, mm-hmm. you know, City are in crisis. And, you know, right. we were like, oh, yeah, you know, it's United's good. been terrible and they're only like four points behind City or something. And well, now mm-hmm. the gap is 11 and they're yeah. also 13 points off of Liverpool. So yeah. it's with, with with both City and Liverpool having yes. a match in hand and, mm-hmm. and Arsenal for that fact, having a match in hand on them. So, yep. So you, you I, can basically call them double digit lead, a double digit lead for Arsenal as well. So. Yes, I mean, at this point, if Arsenal win their next match, United are 10 points off the top four. That's not great for him for Manchester United. Um, And of course, you know, when we're talking about things um, and we'll get to it a little bit more later. But when you think about what do United do, do they need to bring in people? You know, what is Ineos going to do? You know, will they even have the money to do it if they miss Champions League football next year? You know, what does that look like to the budget? So United are in a very weird place right now. And if they don't pick it up and make top four, which I, I'm sorry, I, I don't think is very likely. Oh, no. <sighs> it, it, they, it would take not only them going on an incredible run, but somebody, multiple teams would have to fall apart at this point. Yeah, what ironically, what United now have to hope is that at least one of those teams just completely falls apart and the rest of England performs well enough in Europe that the fifth spot mm-hmm. also becomes a Champions League spot, which would be funny mm-hmm. because United contributed nothing to England getting that fifth spot. God, literally nothing. Not a damn thing. So if anybody doesn't deserve that fifth spot, like West Ham is still going anything. They pulled down the coefficient. Exactly. Like West Ham is sitting in six. They're at least contributing. Uh, You know, uh, Liverpool are contributing in Europa. City are contributing to the Champions League. Villa is contributing in, in, I think they're the Conference League. Arsenal is contributing to the Champions League still so far. Like United haven't done shit. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, any, any other thoughts on, on the brief week, Wes, uh, from the other four matches? I can't really say I do have many thoughts about them. Um, you know, just looking at it, um, I mean, Chelsea, uh, yeah, I mean, we could go with that. I mean, Chelsea, like one. Yeah. 
They did win. That's or wait, what did they win? They no, beat they're Fulham. just winning. God, yeah, but that was like a um, mm-hmm. that was in the uh, oh, okay, okay, never mind. That was the Premier League. Okay, they beat Fulham. They they lost to Middlesbrough last week. We talked about that one. Um, so yeah, they beat Fulham, which for Chelsea they they needed it. Mm-hmm. Can't say they didn't need it. And uh, you know, you mentioned Everton. Um, uh, they're nil nil with Villa. I mean, really, that's that's a blow for Villa. They had to feel pretty good about going to getting three points from that and keeping pace at the top. So they actually lose a little bit. But man, I know we'll get into it a little later. But whew, what a shit week to be a Chelsea fan I, or a Everton fan. It's like mm-hmm. I can't even pile on Everton right now because the damn FA and the Premier League are doing it for me, and it's not as fun. Yeah. Um. Any thoughts on City after after the win against uh, Newcastle? Um, I think it's more an indictment on Newcastle at this point. Who, okay. I mean, Newcastle are falling apart. Injuries are hurting them. Um, they're just playing like shit. And I, I think you could put a lot of it on the injuries, where mm-hmm. they're good. They're they're a really strong squad when they've got their guys, mm-hmm. but. I don't know if may you know, a the Champions League may have them stretched a little bit, um, and B I don't think they've quite had the time to put together the squad depth that they're going to need to be a year in year out Champions League contender. Mm-hmm. I think we're seeing that they've got the top, they've got the front line guys. They don't quite have the depth when guys are physically not able to do it. Mm-hmm. So um, until they can do that, um, yeah, we'll we'll have to keep an eye on Newcastle year in year out. At this point, they'll they'll be a team who they can put together some really good seasons. But yeah, until they can get it done, they're uh, they're gonna they're going to be one of those teams. You just don't know what you're going to get from them. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, And uh, we'll we'll be getting into some news and notes tangentially about them here. And just a short bit here. So that is, that is your, uh, your Premier League wrap up. Um, The upcoming matches for the rest of the quote unquote round of 21. Um, this Saturday, uh, Arsenal and Crystal Palace at 7.30 a.m. Uh, Brentford, who have been on an absolute tailspin right now, uh, that have seen them go towards the bottom of the table. Uh, they're going to look to pick it up against fellow basement dwellers, Nottingham Forest. Um, Sheffield United and West Ham kick off Sunday at 9 a.m. And then AFC Bournemouth welcome Liverpool uh, to the Vitality at 11.30. And then on <laughs> Monday, uh, it's Brighton and Hove versus Wolves at 2.45. Uh, now, with that, we then hit the next match week, starting on Tuesday uh, at 2.30 p.m. It'll be Forest versus Arsenal. At 2.45, there's Fulham, Everton, and Luton, Brighton. And then at 3 p.m., it's Palace versus Sheffield and Villa versus Newcastle. On Wednesday at 2.30, it's City versus Burnley and Spurs versus Brentford. And then at 3.15 p.m., Liverpool versus Chelsea. Um, Chelsea got the early draw against Liverpool to start the season, and it hasn't gone super well since. 
Um, and then Thursday, yep. which of course we won't get to uh, before our next podcast, but it will be at 2.30 West Ham versus Bournemouth and at 3 p.m. Wolves versus United. Also a rematch from the first week of the season. We all remember that one. I'm sure I'm sure Wolves especially do. So look for them to maybe uh, have a little extra incentive to try and get a win there against United. Um, for our look at the table here, Liverpool currently still on top with 45 points. City and Villa right there at 43. Uh, Arsenal on and Tottenham on 40 to round out the top five. And then it's West Ham at 34, United at 32, and Brighton and Hove at Chelsea at 31. At the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, Everton currently sitting just one point outside of it. Uh, Luton with match in hand are, are at 16 points, Everton at 17, Burnley at 12, and Sheffield United at just nine points. A uh, quick look over at the FA Cup. Uh, the replay results are in. Uh, Everton gets past Crystal Palace 1-0, so I guess that was technically their best news of the week. Uh, Wolves beat Brentford 3-2 in an added extra time. Uh, Bristol Rovers fall to Norwich 3-1. Um, Newport County beats Eastleigh 3-1. Birmingham takes out Hull 2-1. Uh, Luton gets past Bolton 2-1. Uh, West Ham falls out of the competition to Bristol 1-0. And then a nine enforced wins in extra time uh, against Blackpool 3-2. Um, so again, the for the fourth round proper, which is not this coming weekend, but the next weekend, uh, your Premier League on Premier League matchups and that one are Chelsea versus Villa, Spurs versus City, Everton versus Luton, uh, Fulham versus Newcastle, Sheffield versus Brighton. Um, and that's it for 1v1s. Uh, the lowest three teams left in the competition are Maidstone United, who are not in the Football League. They'll be traveling to Ipswich Town in the Championship. Um what was the other two? Uh, Wrexham will be heading to Blackburn Rovers. Wrexham is America's team. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, Ryan. Rob McElhaney. Oh, they're, they're, they've captured the hearts of everyone. And they're America's going to go team owned by a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be traveling to championship side Blackburn. Uh, and then one more. Uh, this one doesn't involve any Premier League teams, but uh, Newport County will be hosting Manchester United. Um, so there you, there you go. <laughs> I had to do it to him. Um, all right. As we hit the news and notes here, um, we, we've been talking about how this was a real bad week for Everton. Um, oh. and here is why, um, according to this one by Patrick Boyland and Paul Taylor of the athletic Everton and Nottingham forest referred to independent commission over alleged breach of spending rules. Um, so yes, this would be the second time potentially Everton would get dinged for it. Um, this would be Nottingham forest first time. Um, and it's funny cause I remember like when Nottingham Forest came up and we were, it was right before the season started. Yeah. We were looking at all the teams and I remember going through their transfer list and I'm like, oh my God, they, they bought like 30 dudes. Yeah. <laughs> how, how did they do this? Well, they should bought an entire team. Well, they probably shouldn't have. Um, again, I mean, I guess they did stay in the top flight, but uh, so Everton uh, and Nine Force could both be facing a fine. They could also be facing point deductions. Of course, Everton fans are going crazy because they've already faced a point deduction this season. They've already mm -hmm. lost 10 points this season. And overcome um, it. Yeah, so far they have overcome it. One point, again, clear of safety. 
Um, but it also must be said that, you know, they're there's they're trying to say, hey, you this was around the same time that these this also happened. You've kind of already punished us for this. Do you have to punish us again? And the Premier League's like, yes, yes, we do. Um, so this one should be resolved fairly quickly because, you know, there there's not 115 different violations to get through. Yeah, so never uh, fear, never fear, city fans. <laughs> You know, we're we're not we're not able to get to that one yet. No, no, they're not. So we'll see what happens to Forrest and Everton. I mean, this is this this could start a riot. Um I, I do believe no, that they're the independent com- commission is going to try and uh, they said they're gonna try to have this done for both clubs before the end of the season. Obviously, both <laughs> In the middle of that relegation battle, Everton, again, one point clear. Uh, Forest, uh, if I remember correctly there, I'm pulling it back up here. Uh, Yes, they are currently only four points ahead of Luton. So if they lost 10, they would drop down to 19th place. Uh, If Everton lost another 10, they would drop to last. Um, I, my, my gut is telling me that someone in the premier league is going to talk to the independent people and be like, look, we kind of already fucked Everton over. Just, just throw a fine at them this time. Like do it like, you know, half a million pounds or something. Just, I don't, I, it would not look super good if we docked them more points in the same season for more violations that happened around the same time as the last one. Um, for force though, I mean, they're trying to argue that, you know, if the the sale of Brennan Johnson, which came right after the like sort of window, uh, put them in a in a safe position. Um, But I mean, they also could have sold them before the window closed. So they don't have that much of a leg to stand on, I feel. And I'm I'm a little worried that Forrest is going to going to end up getting dinged some points here. We'll see. They've already the problem with the Premier League is they've already set the precedent at 10. Or, so, uh, I, I don't know, Wes, do you, do you have any, any thoughts or on how this is going to shake out or how you'd want to see this shake out? Well, I mean, I have 115 thoughts of what's <laughs> not going to shake out. No. So, I mean, at this point, it, whatever the Premier League does, all it, lo- all it looks like to the, to the public around mm. the world is, Oh man, we're on a witch hunt for everybody. Uh, except you, Manchester City. We're just going to keep conveniently pushing this one off, pushing this one off, pushing this one off. I'm telling you, man. When Pep Guardiola gets ready to leave that club, here's my thought of what is going to happen. At that point, they are going to look to offload the club. They're going to sell the club. And then, magically, after Guardiola's gone, and after uh, the Qataris, are they the Qataris, the Abu Dhabis, whoever whoever they are, once they're out of there, suddenly then we're going to get a rule on Manchester City. And depending on who bought the club, that's where you'll see how harsh it'll be. They'll probably just be like, well, this ownership group didn't really do it, so we can't really go back and get on them too bad because they didn't really do anything and it'll, it'll mostly get swept under the rug. I have a feeling that is how this whole thing is going to happen for city. It will not happen while Pep Guardiola is still there. I'll tell you that much. 
So it is interesting because like I've been reading up about this last couple of days and, you know, there's been plenty already said about this, obviously. Um, there, the way, <laughs> the one thing is like that, that the, it does, they do have sort of going against it. Like it did take them, you know, months upon months to make a ruling on Everton and to do go through all that stuff. And that was one charge. To go through 115 at once, because they're not doing one at a time. They are going through all 115 at once. And and with City fighting as hard as they possibly can, I do I do empathize a little bit with the Premier League uh, in the situation that has been sort of happening. Um, now, could they have, like, split the charges into, like, quarters and said let well let's just go through them 25 at a time and see what happens uh would that would that have potentially sped things up um because i do i do think that the the biggest thing right now and it's a shame because we've also talked like you know everton deserves the deduction they got they fucked up they broke the rules and they're gonna get punished We, we we totally get that the problem for the premier league right now is optics because the mm-hmm. optics for this fucking suck. So, you know, Chelsea is still waiting their punishment um, for whatever they had. City are obviously waiting for the 115. And the harder part that's adding on to it with City is we felt like this has been going on for a while because FIFA also had them, you know, with uh, the financial mm-hmm. fair play stuff. And then that got thrown out by the appeal international committee sport or whatever, because it was like outside of the statute of limitations for something. So I think the, uh-huh. the, the other thing about this is it feels like this has been going on for so long when in reality, like this one, this part hasn't been going on, but there's been so much talk about it and so much grinding on city that it's like we we it feels like we've been here for 10 years talking about this and nothing has happened. And so like again, I the, just like when we were talking about Eric Ten Hag, I, I don't feel bad for them. I don't feel bad for the for for uh the Premier League. I don't feel bad for these guys, but I do empathize a little bit with that they are in a rough position with this. That there was if if we were if we were trying to be objective it was going to be really hard for a committee to go through a hundred and fifteen charges and only give a ruling when they're all done, especially with the way city lawyers were going to fight this. It sucks. It is really bad optics. And whenever this does get resolved, whether it's next year, two years from now, four years from now, whenever the fact that only then will potential justice be served sucks. This whole thing sucks. Well, I think this was, the, yeah, I think my big, my biggest problem I feel is that the people who have done it are basically going to skirt yeah. off of this. I mean, it won't be till once again after Guardiola's gone. I'm not saying it's all Pep Guardiola's fault here, but mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, you know, Pep Guardiola has been the guy who's overseen this entire thing, and he's basically going to, you know, he'll he'll walk away before it ever blows back to him at all. And it's just kind of like, well, what the shit, man? You know, yeah. um, and I don't know. Yeah, they're just they're just gonna sit there and 
I said, man, the other day, hell, city's going to be just fine and dandy. And um, somebody will somebody will take the fall. That's the thing. Somebody will take the fall on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it won't be it won't be anyone. It, it'll it'll be a patsy. It'll be someone who was moderately involved in it, but mm-hmm. um, not not the real people who did it all. So yeah, I, you know, I just I have no faith that the Premier League is going to do the right thing. Or that yeah. anyone who actually deserves to be punished for this will be punished. Yeah. The, the, the weird thing is, like, I don't get the vibe necessarily that the Premier League doesn't want to do anything. Like, I, I, I think they understand that they don't want to upset City. But, like, I also think that they do kind of want to go after them. Like, I, I don't think if 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 the Premier League actually didn't want to do this after the the financial fair play from FIFA got thrown out. Mm. I, I think the Premier League could have kind of thrown this out too. I I don't think they've gone about this in a good way. I think that again, the, they've made the optics look bad. I don't think that the Premier League is actually like wanting to protect City. And the reason I am going to say that is it's tangentially related to something we'll talk about in just a little bit here in another one of our stories. Um, but like the Premier League fought tooth and nail to not have the Saudis buy Newcastle. Like they fought really hard and only had to give in when like Boris Johnson and that part of the English government started wanting to get involved. They were finally like, fine, fine, they can they can get in. I don't I don't think the Premier League loves like that kind of foreign money as much as maybe we think they do. And I, so like, I, I just think what the premier league has right now because of, you know, the multiple things because of VAR, because of all that is happening because of Everton getting hit. I, I think the premier league right now just has a really big optics problem. And, and I, it's, I, I don't want to say that. I don't think they don't, care i think they actually would be fine with city getting punished i just think that they because they've acted so much quicker on everton and seemingly now on nightham forest i think it just looks really bad and and in fairness optics matters a whole hell of a lot so again i don't feel sorry for them but i also i don't think that they necessarily really want to protect city because they, I think they could have more than they are. If even if they are. So that's my take. I just rambled on for like 20 minutes there. I'm sorry. Ramble on. Sing my song. It's okay. It's okay. Um, we can, we can somewhat disagree on that end. Um, I think the premier league, I think a lot of it is uh, unlike FIFA who basically answers to no one. The Premier League still has to answer to the likes of Liverpool and Manchester United and mm-hmm. Arsenal and uh, Tottenham and West Ham United teams that hold a mm-hmm. lot of sway and a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Um, if they had just dropped it like FIFA did, because FIFA's like, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, they paid us. We don't give a shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um if the Premier League had tried to do that, oh, no fucking way. It would have been an insurrection from uh, 
mm-hmm. it would have been an insurrection from the other big clubs because city are not city are not like Bayern Munich where they're the mm-hmm. only one that matters around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just like Bayern Munich and they're the only one that wins apparently, but you know, um, <laughs> but yeah. So to me, I still think it's a lot of CYA by the, um, by the premier league when it comes sure. to this, but, sure. um, you know, and, and, and once again, I think the whole pit thing with Saudi and Newcastle, uh, I think if, uh, if, uh, if a UK journalist, was he a UK journalist or an American journalist? I can't remember. Basically, if a journalist doesn't get like openly murdered out there. Oh, yeah. Koshagi. Yeah. Yeah. And then have blowback from like basically the entire free world. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Premier League gives a shit about that. That's so I, I think the Premier League does a lot of things just to cover their own ass. And it, it's not that they're like, oh, the Premier League have morals and ethics because we know mm-hmm. better than that. Mm-hmm. We just we know better than that bullshit. So mm-hmm. anyway, just my thoughts. Yeah, that's fair. In a, in a uh, much, the only thing a much shorter rambling rant. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I would push back on is that the, the statement that FIFA answers to no one, because apparently they answered to the Saudis now. So. Well, there you go. There you go. They answered the Middle Eastern blood money. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, interest, not not blood money. I, mean, I didn't mean to. Oh God! Don't don't let the Clintons listen to this, please. All right. Next story. Uh, this is by Dan <laughs> Sheldon. Uh, why do the Premier League's PSR rules only allow clubs to lose 105 million? So this is tangentially related to Everton and Nine Forest uh, allegations that came out this week. But in also, it does kind of reveal a little bit more about a lot of the other top clubs because, you know, we talked about you know the last couple of weeks how crazy it was that not only have Spurs done winter transfer window deals, they got them done super quick in the window. And it's like, oh, my God, that's crazy for Spurs. And then you're like looking around. And it's like, what have you done with the real Daniel Levy? <laughs> but like, nope nobody else is really doing anything. And what it kind of seems like is a lot of teams, maybe not Manchester city, but a lot of te- those top teams like Villa, like uh, Newcastle, like, you know, uh, even United a little bit They're They're just kind of like, we don't really have that much money to go spending in the, uh, in the winter transfer market. When we all know prices are going to be, you know, a little bit higher. So this is, this is an interesting thing. And they talk about how that, you know, the 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 numbers should maybe be with inflation about double what it is now. And again, this is the amount that Premier League clubs can lose, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, relative to their their revenue. Um, so, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, Wes. And I wonder if that's maybe why we haven't seen, you know, as much outside of against Spurs. We haven't really seen much movement from Premier League teams in the winter transfer market. And I wonder if it's because, you know, especially now after seeing what's happened to Everton and then possibly Everton again and, and Forrest, if a lot of clubs are going like, Oh, Oh shit. Like they're, they're not fucking around anymore. Unless your name's Manchester city. Like everybody, we, we really have to like stick to our books here and, and, uh, and not overspend anymore. So I wonder, I, I, I don't know how much more this is going to kick on down the road, Wes. So I think that's got that's probably got something to do with it. There's probably like a little gun shy, gun shyness mm-hmm. due to that. Um, I think some other things is like you know right now, um, excuse me, uh, right now you've got 
teams who, yeah, they could use something, but then you've got to look at the uh, what they need and where they are in their season. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I mean, there are teams who are missing players for AFCON and um, you know Asia Cup. Um, is it is it feasible to go and spend money to get a replacement when man, my spot's going to be filled in four weeks? You know, um, mm-hmm. do I need to go and, you know, spend my money there? Or, you know, like you look at the case of Liverpool, um, you know, Liverpool are basically out of left backs at this point. But it's like the the solution seems to be, all right, let's do something internally because like Robbo will be back at the beginning of February. Simicost won't be far behind him. So it's like, do you want to go spend money for once again, basically a two to three week stopgap? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I think that's got something to do with it, is just kind of how the calendar is right now. Um, but I think you you make a very good point though. Is you know the biggest thing about January is you don't. They always say you don't find very much value in January. Mm-hmm. Basically, when you find value in January, it's that you're signing somebody for the next season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, pre-contract or, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, you find a club who is maybe desperate to get rid of a guy whose contract is running down. They're like, well, we'll take something for him. Something's better than nothing at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I wonder with the winter break, if like teams are taking kind of this, these last couple of weeks to maybe, okay, let's look at this one more time and see what we've got and see what we think we need. Mm-hmm. Uh, because usually at, at the end of every window is kind of when you get a flurry of things happening. So I wouldn't say it's dead yet. Um, but we certainly haven't seen the mega moves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if we're going to see any mega moves. You know, Spurs have done really good business. Outside of that, not a lot of business has been done. Yeah. So, uh, and, and by the way, it is, um, at time of recording, it's January 17th, and I haven't heard Mbappe give Real Madrid an answer yet. <laughs> How many more days we got? Thir- 13, 14 days? Yeah. I thought it was supposed to be they want to answer by the 15th. Well, if he gave them one, ain't nobody said shit. Let's see. Let's do a quick killing Mbappe search to see what pops up. Any anything coming? Uh, let's see. Um, uh, killing Mbappe warns of NBA style load management. Um, you know what? That might be the smartest thing he's ever said. Um, hmm. all right. There's not a lot to get in the way, so yeah. So there you go. Nothing, nothing on that though. Um, nothing on Mbappe watch <laughs> Mbappe watch 24 oh man it's it's gonna go down the way we we might West you never know we, we pot on the last day of the month we we might break some news could be uh, could be Liverpool signing the big free contract right? oh my god and then announcing yeah. that they've sold half the squad to be able to fund it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the first tweet we are delighted to announce the pre-contract signing of Kylian Mbappe from Paris Saint-Germain followed up thank, thank you Mohamed Salah thank you Trent Alexander-Arnold <laughs> thank you Costas thank you, thank you. 
<laughs> uh, thank you, Virgil Van Dyke. Thank you, Allison Becker. Thank you, Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> oh, like, enjoy Saudi Arabia, all of you. <laughs> oh, so, it's hey, the so, only place you could go to fund that. <laughs> Liverpool players going to Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah. Um, this by David Ornstein uh, from That's earlier today. It's not worked out very well. So. No, no, it has not. Uh, at least one person is coming back to, uh, to the, the continent. Um, Wes, you mentioned this actually last week. Uh, Jordan Henderson set to leave Saudi Arabia after six months and close to Ajax transfer. Uh, there had been some initial talk that his team, Al Atifak, um, was hesitant about actually letting him out of his contract. That seems to have been assaged. Uh, and Ajax, uh, who, when last we checked in on them, were an absolute dumpster fire, uh, have have started doing reasonably well again. They got a new manager in, uh, and they, they seem to be doing quite a bit better now. So uh, Henderson looks like he's going back to Ajax. Uh, I do believe he has to stay basically in that country for like a couple years not have to pay the english taxes on all the money he made in saudi arabia but uh but yeah i mean we talked we talked a lot about this you know mm -hmm. a week or two ago when this was the first getting reported um but yeah david ornstein puts together you know sort of another you know just kind of wrap up of the whole thing that looks like it's going to be imminently finished here with ajax excuse me and he does make mention of uh, Karim Benzema, Roberto Firmino, and uh, mm -hmm. Sergej Milinkovic Savic, uh, mm -hmm. who also went to Saudi Arabia and are now like, oh no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, and Wes, I think it would an interesting one of those is, is like Benzema because he he left, you know, Real Madrid. And I think he had mm -hmm. just won them, you know, the Champions League. He was like, you know, the the big, yeah, he was the big dog. He and and he's like, you know, but he's like, he was getting a little older. So we were like, all right, you know what? Benzema's gonna go get one last bag. That that'll be, you know, that'll be it for him, kind of. And uh, you know, he can finish off his career, you know, making that money. And it's like, oh, I I, I guess not. So I, I think of all of them, I think this is the one that's most surprising that he's he's trying to get out because i thought like when he because he signed pretty early on for starters and right. then like i was like yeah you know what I, I can see it he's he's accomplished basically everything you could want to in a european soccer career like there's nothing left for this guy mm -hmm. to prove like just go get the money like i get it just just do it that's fine but apparently it's it's bad enough that even he's like nah i'm, I'm out of here guys sorry so I'm, I'm well, going to see where he one, one other thing that I really thought with Benzema was, you know, with Jordan Henderson, it's kind of like, yeah, no shit. This is happening, <laughs> you know, um, with Bobby, with Roberto Firmino, because Firmino likes to have a good time to, you know, no shit. This has happened. You, you kind of figured that Benzema might not have the cultural problem because he is Muslim. Yeah. Mm hmm. And going to a Muslim country, you know, you thought you thought maybe, well, this this will work out pretty well. And apparently it is just not. And I mean, they've got him like training on his own. He's been like banished from first team training. Mm -hmm. It's not even, you know, the Henderson thing's been kind of like, eh, you know, guys, this isn't really working. I mean, apparently Benzema's been like, oh fuck it, this fucking sucks. And <laughs> if they do not take Cali of that. Man, let's look at, I mean, the guys who went over there for big money right now, 
Mm-hmm. Like the only one that's really worked out for that well is Ronaldo. Yeah. And let's be honest, that's just because, I mean, you know, for whatever we goof on Ronaldo right here, Ronaldo's a freak of nature who Ronaldo has like, you know, we, we talked about, you know, what sets Ronaldo and Messi apart from everybody else? Why are they so great? It's because basically Ronaldo has the Michael Jordan gene mm-hmm. where it's like, fuck you, I will do anything to win. Mm-hmm. And winning to Ronaldo, winning plus his scoring is like so paramount. But for Ronaldo, it's all about finding reasons for competition. Mm-hmm. And Ronaldo has gone to Saudi Arabia to his credit. He's gone over there and he's taken it as a challenge to be like, hey, I'll still show you that I'm still the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, he thinks he's the best player in the world. I don't really <laughs> think a lot of other people do at this point. But damn it. He's doing everything over there that he possibly can do. He mm-hmm. Ronaldo should get credit because he is maxing out his ability right now. Sure. I would agree with that. And you could not say that about a lot of those other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard much about Mane over there. I don't really know what Mane's doing. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, we, we know. Yeah, I heard he got married the other day. So good. Good on you, Sadio. Good for him. Yeah. Sadio. Well, he should be an Afcon, right? Yeah, so he probably is at AFCON right now. But um, yeah, I mean, Firmino was wanting out of there like six weeks in. Um, I heard Fabinho's been solid. Um, but I mean, Henderson, Henderson, it was always a weird, like, what the hell? <laughs> I figured Henderson would at least stick it out for a year. The fact that he's out of there in six months tells me, holy shit, that thing yeah. was terrible over there. Um, But you know, man, we can sit here and say, Kareem, man, take the bag, you know, make your money. Oh, dude, just right off in the sunset. But Ed, once again, man, these guys, they are wired different. Yeah, true. It is about competition. It is about being the best. And, you know, somebody like Benzema still believes, well, fuck it, I'm still better than everybody else. Why am I playing in front of 3,000 people mm-hmm. in a league that nobody gives a shit about? And I have shitty teammates who aren't that good. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. You know, it's the truth. Um, Benzema probably feels he could walk right back into Real Madrid starting 11 right now. I guarantee it. Ronaldo's the same way. I guarantee that's how Ronaldo feels. Oh, yeah. Um, I guarantee Jordan Henderson feels he can walk right back into England right now and getting somebody starting 11. Now, he's mm-hmm. not going to get that chance to go to England, <laughs> but... I mean, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if um, he doesn't end up back in England sooner than later. Yeah. And play like maybe because like Jordan, Henderson, yeah. Jordan Harrison still has something to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, now Neymar, Neymar is his own damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, he's he's got the torn ACL. He's out for mm-hmm. a long time still to come. I don't know what the future holds for that dude. Mm-hmm. I know one thing. If I'm the Brazil manager, I ain't even looking at him again. But that's me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and unfortunately, I did not get the Brazil job. I tried, but I didn't get the Brazil job. So close. We'll get to maybe, someone um, in a minute. <laughs> yeah, maybe if that guy wants to bring me in, that'd be awesome. But, you know. um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it is, it is this experiment that everyone thought was going to be just insane and oh man they're gonna bring in these superstars and people are gonna show up and you're gonna have these packed out stadiums nah it was it's been a novelty act yeah 
outside of El, whoever Ronaldo plays for, uh, uh, El Nasser. Mm-hmm. I think El Nasser. Outside of that, man, people were seeing it. They saw like some immediate bumps in attendance, but other than that, man, I mean, it's just nobody cares over there. Yeah, it's it's like it's like Mean Girls. They're trying to make Fetch happen. <laughs> Basically, yes, the Saudi soccer league is Gretchen. Gretchen, stop trying to make Fetch happen. That's that's what we say about the Saudi league at this point. Somehow in 2024, that's still a relevant uh, bit. Wow. Hey, thanks, well, Broadway. Back, so, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, to me, it's still relevant because that is an all-timer movie. So that's true. That is true. Um, but, one uh, quick thing yeah. I would add on uh, on Benzema, at least, is, you know, I, I think, you know, partially for the same reason Henderson wants to come back. You know, these guys, like for Benzema, this is probably his last chance at Euros. He's 36. Like, Very true. He, so he might want to be like, yo, this training staff or, or situation sucks. Year, I am not going to be ready to play for France in like six months at Euros. I need to get mm-hmm. somewhere where I'm going to get legitimate, good competition mm-hmm. and good playing time and good facilities. And it's just not here. The money isn't that important. So I, I do right. think like that's definitely playing. It might, hell, it might be playing in Firmino's calculus too if he wants to, you know, mm-hmm. get back in with Brazil. So I, I yeah. think a lot of these guys, you know, Maybe luckily for the rest of Europe, all these guys went to Saudi Arabia at like the worst possible time for their international right. careers. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, like I, I should say, Firmino obviously would not be playing in Euros, he would be playing in Copa America. I, I, right, I right, this, but still, I know this yeah. crowd, I know this, y'all. Don't put down the Twitter, put down the Twitter. I got oh, it, don't worry. <laughs> but i mean um, not only that but i mean we're sitting it's 2024 now ed we are two years i mean yeah i mean we're two years out from world cup and yep. for some of these i mean you, are you telling me cristiano ronaldo is not seriously thinking i'm gonna be on the portugal world cup team oh of course of course um you think i mean benzema like you said if if benzema can get through euros and still show he can play mm-hmm. Um, and I'll throw an over when you said Malinkovic Savage out there. That was one that really just stunned me when he went because, you know, a couple of years ago when he was really coming on the scene at Lazio, mm-hmm. I mean, you were hearing like massive, like Manchester United, Manchester City were interested, you know. Um, uh, there were really big clubs that were interested in him and he stayed at Lazio. He He faded a little bit. But I mean, Malinkovic Savage could be in the midfield for plenty of Champions League squads, mm-hmm. and he's he's not at that point of his career where it's like, oh, he's slipping. He wasn't at that point, and he went and took the bag, which whatever. Hey, you know me; I'm all about hey guys, get paid, mm-hmm. get paid. But if you're gonna get paid, yeah. don't bitch that you took the money. Yeah. You know, nobody forced you to take the bag. Go mm-hmm. get the bag, young man, but nobody <laughs> forced you to take it. Yes. So you've got to weigh up what's important to you in life. And if, if the bag is the only important thing in life, <laughs> take it. Yeah. Dude, right now, if Saudi Arabia came and offered me a buttload of money, I'd be on the first plane to Riyadh. 
And then mm-hmm. they put me in a truck and send me wherever the hell they needed to. <laughs> oh, my wife said the fuck I would, but anyway. Um, yeah, y'all go, y'all y'all gonna pay me like fifty million dollars over two years. Yeah, I'll go, you know, I'll go play in the sandbox over there. I got no problem with it. But um you know, that that's that's the thing. Those guys, they had decisions to make, and I think they were I think they were not only blinded by the bag. But I think mm-hmm. they were kind of blinded by, oh, man, you know, there's all this hype around it right now. This is where mm-hmm. everybody, oh, this is where everybody's going. Now that, I think they got sold a vision that is not coming true at all over there. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there's a lot of buyer's remorse around that league right now. Yeah, I think I, I think the the maybe not the worst we thought could happen, like the lowest, I guess the floor for what we thought of the Saudi pro league that it's, it does seem right now, aside from Ronaldo, because Ronaldo is still doing numbers aside from that, the the Saudi league right now is much closer to the Chinese super league experiment Mm -hmm. than like Mm -hmm. becoming a serious threat. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe they, they go in with renewed interest this summer. We'll see, but I I do think that the yeah. as you called it buyer's remorse of a lot of these players is not a good look for this league. Um, to let me throw something out real quick because yes, you sir. you brought up the shiny super league. Mm-hmm. Something I'm really kind of interested to keep an eye on from afar because I ain't paying attention to it that much. But um, you know the thing with the Chinese super league is the economy in China took a hit at that point. Yes. And that's why they really started walking away from it more was because, you know, suddenly the government money wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Not like that in Saudi Arabia. The motherfuckers got money. And guess what? Every day they're just pumping more of it out of the ground. True. That is. A good there's point. not there's not really an economic hit that can hurt Saudi Arabia. Mm. So if they really want to dig their claws in and be like, well, fuck it. We don't care if we're losing money. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're just, we're just, once again, we're just pumping more out of the, out of the ground every day. So fuck it. We're going to push and go big again. That'll be interesting to see. Cause when China dried up, boy, China dried up real damn quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, I think, I think only two things could maybe, um, derail it like that. The, the Chinese economy did mm-hmm. their super league. I, I think one would be if if a lot of players leave, like like there's just an, an right. absolute mass exodus sans Ronaldo and they right. like to try and save face. They're like, oh, we can't we can't do it this way. We have to we have to do it more grassroots. We have to just keep building up very slowly over time. When 2034 comes, we'll try to have something a little better in place by then. I, I could see that. The other thing I could think is um, whoever the crown prince, blah, 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 name is over there. Um, he's very into sport. If for mm-hmm. some reason he was no longer in power and the next guy who steps in is like, eh, I'm not a big fan of soccer. I'm not a big fan of sports. I could totally see him being like, let's focus more on like museums or something other than soccer stadiums. I, I could see a shift in priorities being like that. I don't necessarily know that they would, but like I, I that that to me is like the only two ways to for your point of like th- that's what happened to the, to the Chinese Super League. Those are two mm-hmm. things I could see happening that would be the equivalent 
uh, to derail so, the Saudi Pro League. I'll throw one more thing just because you kind of said it. Um, I can actually see the Saudis, if they just decided this isn't worth it anymore, um, because because a big thing for them is going to be saving face. Oh, yeah. Because everybody oh, told sure. them this was a bad idea. So, you know, nobody's going to tell them it was a bad idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think one thing is if they decided to pull out of it, I don't think they'd look at it and they would not present it as, oh, this didn't work out the way we wanted to. They'll just sit there and say, ah, you know, they will spin it some way where it's like, well, we accomplished exactly what we wanted to accomplish. We showed the world that we could da 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 and basically, everybody be looking at the outside like, no, you didn't. <laughs> but it's like, they'd be like, ah, oh, we claim victory now. All you uh, peasants with your $100 million, <laughs> you it's, poor people can go home now. It, it's, it's, it's Bush on the aircraft carrier going mission accomplished. Yes, yes. Or, or like, no, 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 I'm not going to go there at all because... <laughs> That could start some shit when I was going to say. Hold that. But yeah, it's basically like the dictator saying, yes. Okay, it's, it's, it's Kim Jong Un going. I have defeated the Americans. It's like, <laughs> you didn't. No, you didn't. Yes, I did, and you know why? Because I said so, and no one can tell me different around here. <laughs> there you go. That was a much better example than I was about to say. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Dude, um, Ed, I've Ed, I learned. I've learned over the years to not say what immediately comes to my mind. We don't have you to edit this part of the podcast. So Yay. You have taught me so much, Edgar. Thank you. I'm so happy for you. Um, real quick, since we since we just spent a bunch of time talking about the Saudis, uh, this story mm-hmm. came out yesterday from Adam Crafton. Uh, Newcastle chairman Al Rumian faces $74 million lawsuit for, quote, carrying out malicious instructions of Bin Salman, uh, who is the crown prince, whose name I was trying to remember earlier. Um so apparently, uh, he was allegedly, allegedly part allegedly. of an operation that uh, captured the children of the, or the family of the country's former intelligence chief, Dr. Saad Al-Jabri, um, and basically was like, we're going to hold your, ki- your family hostage and potentially kill them unless you come back to Saudi Arabia from Canada, in which point we will probably... As, as the kids like to say now, unalive you. Um, so, yeah. These are friends, the Clintons. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Good times. Good times for Newcastle ownership. This is, uh, ah, this is, this is, when we were talking earlier about Newcastle, uh, the Premier League fighting tooth and nail to not have the Saudis in the Premier League, this is mm. why. This is why. <laughs> just, just throwing yeah. that out there. Just, it's anyway. not the money. No. They love the money, but yeah. Yeah. they finally started caring about optics. All right, let's end on a happy story. I can't believe I just said that. Uh, this Ooh. by Colin Miller. I love you, Josie. Josie Mourinho sacked by Roma. Oh. Daniel De That's Rossi. That's not the happy part. <laughs> I know. Okay, a little bit. Daniel De Rossi appointed until end of season. Um, Mourinho, six years old, had been the helm of Serie A club since summer of 2021 and guided them to the Europa Conference League title in 2022 and the Europa League final the following season. Uh, they currently sit ninth, though, in the Italian top flight and lost in the um, the Serie A Cup 
uh, this past weekend uh, at Milan and was their third defeat in five league games. Um, <laughs> so, look, I know Brazil's already hired someone. I'm just saying the World Cup's in two years. Josie's a three-year manager. I'm just saying, if you want to win. Watch your ass. Watch your ass, Berhalter. <laughs> oh, my. oh, my God. Oh, oh, don't tease me West like that. Bradshaw. West, Bradshaw. West Bradshaw is dropping that drip. Oh, my God. If Josie became the USMNT manager. Oh. Uh, guess who? Guess what show would start instantly following the USMNT? <laughs> Ed, can I, can, I, um, can I give my, my thought about Josie's firing and how it probably all went down? Please. Ed, I'd like to I'd like to point to the cinematic masterpiece known as Austin Powers to the Spy Who Shagged Me. Best one in the series. Ed, you remember, of course. Ed, you remember at the beginning of the movie, it picks up where the first one left off, and he just made made sweet shagadelic love to to the love of his life, Vanessa. The, oh my God, unbelievably gorgeous Elizabeth Hurley. She's still great. And Ed, then it turned out. Somehow, Vanessa was a fembot. I know. And she blew up because Austin Mojajaz or whatever Austin did. And Ed, you remember there was that real heartfelt moment where Austin was sitting there, you know, with the smoke from his, um, you know, now destroyed bride. And he said, how could, oh, I can't believe this has happened. The love of my life, the woman that I decided to settle down with. Oh, it is all basically to paraphrase, it's all gone wrong. And I no longer have her. And Austin has this look and he's like, he's so sad, he's so dejected. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Ed, his face turns, he says, Wait a minute. That means I'm single again. <laughs> And then Austin's back to swinging. Ed, that has got to be Josie Mourinho. Yes, he's initially disappointed, but then he's like, wait a minute. I'm Josie, and I'm single again, which means I can be back in the news because somebody's going to hire me eventually. And now my name's going to come up on all these jobs that I'm not going to get, but people are going to say, well, what if they got Mourinho? And some idiot in North America is going to say, what if he became the USMNT manager? <laughs> Josie is back. He's and He's swinging, baby. Josie's back on the market. That's amazing. I'm, I'm loving single Josie already. It's doing it. It is. It's, it's hitting me in all the right spots. Ah, I there love you it. go. There's my thoughts on Josie. I love it. I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see where Josie ends up next, man. It's going to be great. Gonna be man. Just, yeah, I mean, every place he ends up seems a little worse than the last one. But man, who cares? But you know what? You know what? There is a point about Josie. Everywhere he's been outside of Spurs, um, and that that is because, I mean, let's be real, Spurs have their own Mm-hmm. Spurs have their own management ownership issues. Um, and Spurs' problem with Josie is that they would not go in full Josie. Mm-hmm. 
That's the thing. You, if you're going to do Josie, you've got to do Josie. Mm-hmm. And Spurs were like, eh, we kind of want to get our feet wet with Josie, but we don't want to dive in. Whatever. I can't say if that was good or bad in the long run. Everywhere that dude's been, he has won some trophy. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy won at United. This yeah. guy did the best coaching job of his career and finished second with United. True. And the further out we get from that, where everybody <laughs> giggled and mocked him at that moment, the mm-hmm. more it's like, it's like, oh, that some bitch might not have been wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, it might not have actually been Josie's fault at, at United. Everyone here is a train wreck. Everything that happens at United is a train wreck. It might not have been Josie. So I think the further he gets away from that and the shit and the, and the more United keeps looking like shit all the time, that just looks better for him as he goes forward. I will also Which make I'm one really quick a uh, one quick addendum uh to that uh, that that uh that wonderful sentiment. Um he was fired like two days before Spurs played in an FA Cup final or the League Cup final. Yeah. He oh, he yeah. could have won a trophy. They, I, I swear, man, as a, you know, I, I like Spurs. Spurs are not my team. If I had been a Spurs fan and I understand why Spurs did it, because basically if he had won that trophy, he's unfireable. Yeah. But boy, I would still be fuming mad if I was a Spurs fan about that oh, shit. Oh, yeah, and they, and they are. As they should be, because it was it was their chance. I mean, you're in a final. My God, Mm -hmm. how many finals have Spurs even been to? Um, So, you know, you've got a chance. The last trophy, I think it's four. Okay, I mean, obviously the Champions League final. The Champions League final, the one Josie, the the League Cup final, uh, Josie got fired before. Uh, Poch got them to a League Cup final against Chelsea, I think okay. his second year, either his first or second year. Okay. Um, and then I feel like there might be one more, but I don't know. So, yeah, it's either, either, either way, it was your yeah. either way, it was a yeah, massive yeah. opportunity. For yes, sure. it was City. Yes, you probably still would have lost anyway because mm-hmm. that was like juggernaut city wanting to win everything. Mm-hmm. But still, if anyone goes in there and gives you a chance against that city team, it's Josie. Especially against Pep. You know Josie wants to be there. Yes. Yes, yes. And Josie, every now and then, Josie has a little uh, back to Austin Powers. He's got a little mojo of a pet baby. <laughs> Um, and Spurs, so not to revisit history or get totally off topic, but I do believe that Spurs took that chance away from their fans, and I'd still be a bitter motherfucker if it was me. So. Anyway, Josie, Josie, USA, that's all I want in my life. Um, with that, uh, let's let's pimp the athletic. Wes, what, what amazing articles have you been reading in the athletic this past week? Oh, but there are some. And you know what? In just a second, I'll even get to them. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's so much. Folks, hey, I, I'm just, I'll start off on, uh, I told you guys last week there was going to be some amazing-ass Nick Saban shit this week. And guess what? There was some amazing-ass Nick Saban <laughs> shit this week. I mean, it has just been fantastic. God, where do I start on this? Um, yeah, uh, I, I'll just hit a few real quick. Uh, Stuart Mandel 
Uh, Alabama's Nick Saban, college football's greatest coach, is going down on his own terms. Uh, where does Nick Saban rank on the all-time list of coaches? Uh, here's one. Why did Nick Saban retire? Um, scenes of Nick Saban. This was probably my favorite one. I'll point it out. Uh, it, it, this was a staff story. Uh, included Bruce Feldman, Brody Miller, Manny Navarro, Mitch Sherman, Chris Vanini. Scenes of Nick Saban, a road trip through the career of college football's top coach. They went to all of his stops and um, talked to different people. Hmm. Like I'm talking like from where he was born in West Virginia to, um, you know, when he was at Toledo, uh, when he was at Michigan State. That was a really cool little deal through that. God, dude, this has been an awesome freaking week, actually. Um <clears throat> Uh, real quick, uh, this one goes deeper than the title, but Fabio Carvalho, the latest example of young talent who moved to a big club too early. Uh, early on, they focus on Carvalho, but then they really spread it out toward the end. They talk about some of the guys uh, like Jed Spence, um, who, of course, has gone to Tottenham, and we haven't seen him. Uh, you know, Ashley Phillips, um, mm. uh, another another Spurs kid. Uh, a couple of Chelsea kids, a couple of United kids, these, these hot shot, like, Oh, these are, these are the future guys. And then they get there. It's like, um, why don't we ever see them again for whatever reason? <laughs> so that's a really, really good read. Get that out. Um, shit. Ed, I got so damn many this week. There's a Billy Wagner story. That's freaking awesome. Ooh, uh, about okay. Billy Wagner possibly going in the Hall of Fame. It's basically a look back on him. Uh, Jason Kelsey is retiring from the NFL. There's a really good um, uh, Kelsey retires. So it's teammates telling stories from um, from him and Travis uh, in their college days at Cincinnati. You know, I love those more than anything. Um, uh, God, there are two that are kind of bigger, though. I'll hit the first one first. Uh, how Joey Barton became too toxic for football. That's a good Boy, one. Boy, you want to talk about a massive piece of shit of a human being. We've been Ooh, saying for yeah. years, Joey Barton's a piece of shit. Oh, and yeah. he just um he just he just continues to confirm it. And now he may have taught his way out of getting any other managerial job. He was in League One and got fired. And apparently he's like he he considers himself like the anti-woke. And mm -hmm. you know what, man? Believe what you want. I, I'm fine with that. I mean, you and I, hey, we've always said you and I, our political beliefs don't always match up with each other's. Mm -hmm. um, but damn, you know, we're not sitting here ranting against everybody either. So True. <laughs> you know, I mean, if we disagree on something, we're like, well, okay, we disagree. Okay. Yeah, Joey Barton is like that guy who just takes it to the next level and is like conspiracy theory guy and all this shit and and he has no problem throwing it on social media. And Joey Barton might not ever get another football managing job because yeah. of it. And if he doesn't, then fuck him. All right, last one. I don't know if you would come across this, but A, I thought this was a really interesting story. And B, I thought it was a really interesting idea for us going forward, Ed. Uh, Katie Strang from last week. ESPN use fake names to secure Emmys for college game day stars. Oh my God. Did you see that? Not only did I see it, okay. I know someone who works at ESPN oh. who was, who was called oh. in 
by that Emmy committee who who uh, who discovered all this and called them in for questioning about even though they didn't work directly with game day who asked them like hey what did you maybe know about this oh my god i was yeah. i was like holy shit what a great idea why can't ed not get an emmy for not being on game day exactly i mean i need an emmy to add to my collection of um of winning a fantasy football league one year and being nominated for the canteen employee of the year this year <laughs> nominated uh left before the ceremony so i never know if i actually won or not of course <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they recalculated the votes and made sure oh, yeah. i didn't win but you know mm-hmm. but you know i was there you were there uh, i was i was stevie g i got called on the stage <laughs> oh stevie yeah, those All are my right. stories. I just I thought that ESPN one was just fascinating. It was Hell, like wild. Somebody like Shelly fucking Smith has to give back like two Emmys. Yeah, Lee Corso had to give and back he, his Emmys. Yeah, he probably didn't remember he had them anyway. But you know. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm sorry, that was me. But I mean, to me, it's kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's just a technicality and a really stupid rule. But at the same time, ESPN also knew what the hell they were doing. Yeah. And it was fucking funny. It was funny that they put in fake names, but then the names were like super close to like their real names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they just took the they took the awards and then gave them and then just like changed out the nameplates on them. <laughs> <laughs> and then just like mailed it to them and were like, oh hey, guess what? Here's an Emmy. You won an Emmy this year. And people were like, oh, I don't know what was up for an Emmy. Cool, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'd be the exact same way. So, so oh hell yeah, my Emmy. The only reason I think it's really stupid on ESPN's part, and like I mean, there's like a multitude of reasons, obviously. But the the biggest problem is with this is that they they tried to give like Fowler and Herb Street and whoever else like all these awards, but like they could have won different awards. It's not like yeah. they weren't eligible for any Emmys. They just weren't eligible for this one. So, like, yeah. I don't I don't really <laughs> understand why ESPN did this other than just to make their talent feel a little better, I guess. But, like, I don't know. It's It's all just stupid. And also, the people online who are, like, bitching at the athletic for this um, is just fucking... St- it's, it's like people getting mad at the weatherman because he said it's gonna rain and then it does and it's like well why did you say that it wouldn't have rained if you hadn't said anything it's like no dude i just i looked at what i saw and and i told you what i saw that's that's it the athletic didn't go narc on everyone the athletic is just like oh shit this is happening people should probably know about this and so they told people like the or, American or it's more or it's more like, well, hey, if you're interested, here's the story. And it. it's not like they threw it out there like, guess what? ESPN. Oh, no, 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 no. No, it's <laughs> just like, well, this is a sports story. So <laughs> we'll put the story out there. And if people want to go to it, they can. I mean, I didn't <laughs> think there was anything malicious in it. All they did Me was either. present the facts. Yeah, it was, it was a very, very weird part of Twitter, which, you know, is all of Twitter. Uh, 
I got, I got well, two stories. And, and, and not, not that FSU Twitter took any um, just perverse pleasure in Kirk Herbstreit's name being drugged through the mud by any means. So. <laughs> no. And of course, FSU Twitter was screaming that um, Herbstreit should be fired. Of course. Because, of you course. know, it's his fault. Because his he fault. did it. It's he his fault. It. So he should be fired for this. <laughs> I love FSU Twitter. <laughs> Oh man, it's gonna be so great when they're in like the Atlantic Sun. Um, oh, so I, that's where they belong. I had two stories. One is one we've technically already gone over now because I just I love it so much. I want to mention it again by Stuart Mandel, sure. ACC sinks injunction against Florida State claims conflict of interest. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, the other one uh, by Evan Drellich and Mike Vorkanov, uh, Diamond Sports to receive Amazon investment yes. in bankruptcy plan. What does it mean for MLB, yes. NBA, NHL? Uh, so basically, the Diamond Sports, Bally Sports saga is coming closer to an end. Um, it looks like Amazon is going to be at least a partial investment in them. And all these teams games who were on Bally Sports are now going to be on Amazon Prime. It, I'm it's totally so down for that. It sounds really good. I just want to make sure that if it's on, even if it's on Prime, I can still watch it with, I like, I have Amazon Prime, but I just want to make sure like yes. I can still watch it and like, the mlb.tv app like as long uh-huh. as, as long as it's as long as i can still also watch it in there i'm down for this uh-huh. this is amazing great yeah. wonderful awesome can't wait absolutely cannot wait so uh this obviously also has uh impact on the nba and nhl because it's not just baseball that bally sports right. did but hey you know um go go check it out and uh and go see how Bally Sports and Diamond Sports like royally fucked up. Um, so with that, uh, Wes, let's hit the watch for what are you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? And I had something for talk for for watch for. Mm-hmm. It's my wife. What did we fucking watch that we turned around and she was like, "Oh, well, there's your watch for for the week." And it's not that I've forgotten it per se, but Ed, just this evening, uh huh, beginning at like <clears throat> six o'clock this evening, I have found like a holy grail of a television show. Okay. And I binged the entire first season of it while I was at work tonight. Um, Ed, we we all know Rowan Atkinson. Yes. Mr. Bean. We yes. love Mr. Bean, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody loves Mr. Bean. Mm-hmm. And before he was Mr. Bean. Can I take a wild guess at what you're about to say you watched? I think you're going to probably knock it out in the park if you did. Did you watch Black Adder? I watched season one of Black Adder. Ah! And I died. <laughs> I had it in my list of like things because I hadn't heard about it, but you know, and I found a Hulu and I was like, oh, cool, it's here. Maybe I'll watch it one day. Well, I didn't have a movie I really wanted to watch tonight. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, ah, I've got like three and a half hours to burn here. I'm like, I'll watch the first one and see if it catches my interest. I watched all six episodes tonight, back to back to back to back to back to back to back. And I died. That's amazing. It is so magnificent. <laughs> magnificent. Um, 
Yeah, it's like I have no idea if my wife will either die laughing at it with me or look at me after 10 minutes and say, you're a fucking idiot. How much is a divorce? (laughs) I I don't think she'd do that because, you know, we're in it to win it, bro. But my God, Blackadder was so good. Um, And I still have three seasons to go. And I know the fourth season, the fourth season is like so right up my alley because it's like a World War One season. (laughs) (laughs) But oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. Blackadder. That is my... That is my last four this week because it was just that good. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't, like I don't know about Blackadder before. Have you? Talked- I don't know. I don't know if I mentioned it from like watching something about <laughs> Hugh Laurie. I, I don't I don't know if yeah, I did that. Yeah, I, I, I know Hugh Laurie's supposed to show up in there. So, yeah, I, like I've seen some clips of him uh, of him in there. <laughs> him and Stephen uh, Stephen Fry. Um, <sighs> it's really good it's really really good yes um and i i've seen some clips of the the war season um (laughs) interesting stuff interesting stuff still somehow (laughs) a comedy um yes yes very much so um we'll talk about it when you get to the end i because because i so i've never like watched it in full Uh uh-huh but I know something about the fourth season. And so once we, oh. if you, once you get to that point, I have a <laughs> reference I want to make to community, but I can't oh. make it yet. Um, so, so we'll get there. Um, my watch for, for the week, uh, what we got? Um, so I did want to take a mention. Uh, I, I follow as, as all of you should, uh, I follow lady Rebecca Lowe on, on Instagram. Oh. Um, Oops. And she she sometimes likes to detail uh, the the more I don't want to call them more mundane aspects of her life, uh, but the more like n- normal person things where she's like making food and what's the, this and that. Uh, and so she shared a recipe this this week, as she sometimes does, uh, for something she referred to as flapjacks, um, which are not pancakes, apparently in England, like we we think of when we think of flapjacks, we it's basically pancakes. No, apparently this is like granola and fruit, Ooh. like all kind of baked together. It does look really good. I don't love all the fruit she put in it. Maybe there's only like maybe a couple fruits I would want in it, but like overall, like it looked pretty good. Um, unfortunately for, for lady Rebecca Lowe, um, uh-huh. when, when, when she does her Instagrams and she, and she likes to talk through what she's making, uh, she will have on Instagram's auto, uh, auto closed captioning on where it will automatically just put on the screen what she's saying, which is really helpful. A lot of time, if you can't watch it with audio on, it's really great. It's a great feature. However, in this case, she, she said oh, something to the effect of, I would love to start a flapjack company oh, and wow. Instagram's closed captioning, whatever. Oh. Somehow translated that into, I would love to start flapjacking. Oh, which I don't know what that you, is, but it sounds up my alley. If you just think about it for, I don't know, a couple minutes on the internet. Just, yeah, that's the scary part. Don't, uh, no one at home search that word. Just don't do it. Don't, don't do it. I, I won't certainly be not on a work computer. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Um, because like at first I was like, oh, that's that that's unfortunate, and then the more I started thinking about, it, I went, oh, oh no, that's really unfortunate. So I we love you, Lady Bex. Um, oh, you're our face. Sometimes it it might be wise. I know you're a busy woman. It it might be wise, unfortunately, to just just go through the, <coughs> the story once before you post it. Just because uh, you can edit the captions. I I have used it before. You can edit them. I know it it's it kind of defeats the purpose of automatic captions a little bit, but sometimes, you know, maybe maybe a good idea so we don't introduce the word flapjacking into society. So anyway, there you go. Uh there was something else I feel like I watched. I just don't remember it. Um oh, oh yeah. There yeah, was flapjacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There it is. Um, so I think I've talked about before uh, some of the the college humor now now called dropout stuff that they do. Uh, there's a show they do called Game Changers, uh, where every they bring on three contestants, three comedians, and every time there's a new episode, the game changes, and the contestants aren't told what the game is. They just kind of have to figure it out. Um. So on this latest one I watched, uh, it had three really funny people on. But what the the gist of the game was the host, whose name is Sam, uh, basically was doing a version of Simon Says. Um, and this part was Sam says, say something that our production staff will have to bleep. And this is obviously on the Internet. So you have to be a little more creative than just saying fuck because they're not going to bleep it. So one person started singing uh, Hey Jude which, you know, you can't sing the Beatles. Um, yeah. Another person did something else. And then the third person, Lou Wilson, who's really funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember what you said that triggered this memory. Oh, yeah, it's because don't say, learn not to say things. Uh, Lou Wilson's <laughs> one was, I'm going to make it uh, the official position. I am talking as an official member of uh, College Humor and Dropout. This is our official position on this. Uh, OJ did it. Oh, duh. <laughs> and they had to bleep the fuck out of that. And so I was like, that is hilarious. But that's what it made me think of. But at least his, his, he was asked to do it. So kudos to you, Lou Wilson. Kudos to you. Um, so yeah, you are the man. Great show, by the way. Anybody who wants to go check out stuff on Dropout, go check out Game Changers. It's a it's a really good show. Um, one of the better ones is the uh, is the three dudes uh, who have to just make like different animal noises for the entire episode. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. Um, that is going to do it for this edition of the Foreign Fair Podcast. Episode four ninety is in the books. We are done and dusted. Um, we'll, of course, be back next week with more from the Premier League. Uh, the second half of the abbreviated uh, winter break sort of thing will be coming up this weekend. And then, of course, there will be the midweek matches. And then I want to say midweek. Wait, isn't midweek also the League Cup? No, it's in next week. Or is it? Right. Yeah. No, it that's. Is. Yeah, it's next next week. Like next, next week at this time, we'll know the we'll know the. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, because I'm, I'm off and I can watch it. Let me see. Wait. Uh, 
Because I, I feel like, oh God, now I have to know. Have to know. Oh, I mean, uh, I can pull it up real fast. Okay, yeah, it is uh, yeah Liverpool right. play on yeah. the 24th. 24th, yeah. Okay, so yeah, next week we'll also be able to talk about the League Cup, uh, see if uh, Middlesbrough uh, and Fulham can turn around their one-goal deficits or if Fulham, or sorry, if Liverpool and Chelsea can make it through to the final. Sorry, Chelsea's the one down. My bad. Chelsea's. Right. We talked about that. Chelsea's the one down. It's all good. We'll talk about it. Either way, next week, come back. We'll maybe have transfer news. Who knows? Um, of course, shout out our podcast providers, including Spotify for podcasters, Stitcher, Spreaker, the iHeartRadio network, tune in Google podcasts and Apple podcasts. Um, you can also find us on social media as a collective on Twitter. We are at AFA pod. Wes, you are. I'm at West Bradshaw 21. And I am at Edward green. Uh, so yeah, that'll do it for this week. But before we get out of here, anything else you want to add Wes Bradshaw? Um, just remember folks, uh, all you Manchester United fans out there who are also fans of, you know, the Lakers, the Yankees, um, <laughs> all that good stuff. Um, uh, you've lost Nick Saban because you're probably Alabama football fans. Uh, you've lost Nick Saban and also more breaking bad news for you. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys did not fire Mike McCarthy. Oh no. So, yes, like now everybody's having a meltdown because the Cowboys didn't fire their coach. <laughs> so um, it's it's a great it's a great time to be alive, man. It's a great time to be alive. Oh, and man. I just wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to uh, add on to what Ed said. You know, thank you guys so much for tuning in, um, because I know that uh, per capita, we've got to be doing better numbers than the uh, Golden Globes. That's shockingly true shockingly true um and we're just... much more entertaining and much funnier true uh i will also just say that jerry jones and bill belichick would have been a marriage made in hell and i'm a little sad that that didn't happen yeah i mean we all uh, wanted that so we all wanted it sometimes we don't get what we yeah. want but if we try sometimes we might find that this is the end of episode 490 of the foreign affair podcast for my con crime west bradshaw i'm trying not to get sued and i'm at edward green so thank you so much for joining us this week. Until next time, stay safe and enjoy the football. You get what you need. <laughs> it's okay. There was enough of a break. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> it's fine. Yes. We did it again. Uh, good night, Everton fans. My heart is actually with y'all. Um, yeah, I, if I want y'all to get relegated, I want to be because you suck ass. <laughs> I think that'll be the most disappointing thing because like they were really bad the last couple of years and they didn't get relocated. Yeah, when they should have, they survived.